This show is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, the podcast where we discuss topics we believe requires critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast and go to saythiscast.com if you want to hear previous episodes. Hey everybody, this is a special episode that was recorded a little bit ago uh, that we've been working on for a little while. Uh, this is a conversation with my friend Athena about her evolution into who she is today. I'm here with Athena? Athena, yes. Okay, see, we're in the same guild. We and are. I usually just call her Z because that's part of her guild name. So yeah. this will be weird. Athena, <laughs> how's it going? Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This. We are recording this just because uh, you're a cool person, but you used to be very not cool. And I was just interested in how that happened. <laughs> very not cool is a really nice way to say I was an utter shitbag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is... The nicest way I've heard to say that. I mean, okay, utter shitbag is probably exaggerating, but <laughs> it's not. Is it really? That much. I don't. I like to think old dead me was a considerate person at heart who was raised conservative. <laughs> 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 and yes, I, I say that in the most incendiary terms possible, but the shit bag with a heart of gold. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like, like <laughs> how I imagine the monopoly man is, he doesn't realize how horrendous he is, but he's oh actually God. the, the cause of about a billion different relationships collapsing unto themselves. But he means, well, he just wants you to buy boardwalk. Not his fault that he's an utter disgusting person. (laughs) Stupid mustache. (laughs) Yeah, motherfucker. uh, (laughs) No one with a mustache that good is trustworthy. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. (laughs) You could trust the mustache, just not the man attached to it. Exactly. So um, you kind of referenced it before, but you are trans. I am, yes. I am trans. And when you're talking about old dead you, you mean your your previous life? Dead dead name me, who will forever be referred to as he and dickweed. Got it. Dickweed. Sweet. We'll, we'll remember this, obviously. I mean, honestly, the first question is like with the when you and let me know if I sound like a dipshit. Don't worry. I I'm will. cis, so I'm <laughs> obviously dumb. No worries. I'm a cis guy, so clearly a bag of shit. I spent two years explaining this to people on the internet. <laughs> Go nuts. <laughs> You're good. Trust me. So with your transition is did you also transition from being a dickweed to being athena or was the old shitty you transforming before you transitioned into your actual self little of column a little of column b Mm -hmm. for the most part i would say transitioning to where i am now taught me the thing that i think is the most important in how I'm no longer, or like to think I'm no longer a horrendous person. And that was empathy. Pre-transition, and I don't know if I actually had like a diagnosable case of, I think it's psychopathy, is when your 
Or is it a sociopath? Is sociopath the one where you feel nothing, but you pretend to feel things to get what you want? Yes. Okay, that one. So there might have been like a a, a psychological yeah. something or other happening. I, yeah. I don't know if I actually was or not. I, I can't say for certain. But there's, there's an analogy that my therapist used uh, when I was going through gender transition and, and therapy with her, which is that a lot of trans people describe going from male to female as having um going from having the ability to paint with like two emotional colors to a full crayon box um Hmm. and i i think that's a really apt description pre-transition i think i had maybe one or two real emotions and that was pretty much anger or mild happiness like that was the vast range of my emotions total um in many ways in an emotional sense i saw the world in black and white and so what transition and specifically estrogen the magical wonder drug that it is taught me or gave me was a much broader understanding and ability to interpret and have emotions and I cannot begin to describe how hard it is to see where someone else is coming from when you physically cannot understand their point of view. And that is where I was pre-transition. I couldn't imagine someone being sad because I didn't know what it was like to be sad. I couldn't imagine someone being so happy that they can't do anything but smile because I'd never done that. I can't imagine being so attached or passionate about something that you will see it to the end of the earth, like say, you know, a social cause like Black Lives Matter or a, you know, transition or or any number of other things that matter on an emotional level to people. I couldn't imagine what that was like because I didn't have those emotions. And I have distinct memories of actively pretending to have emotions I didn't have to get what I wanted, which Again, I, I was never diagnosed, but that that is sociopathy to me. <laughs> so in ideologically, I started shifting my views much earlier than my transition. This is why I said a little of column A, a little of column B to your question. Like politically and logically, I started switching my views around college, a little into college. It took a while to kind of hit for, for everything. And it definitely ramped into high gear of questioning my own views when I actually started my transition and knew what I was. Did you start transitioning in college or or after? I started hormones. So uh, I started a medical transition um, right after college. Yeah. So I graduated college in 2016 and started my medical transition in June of 20, the summer of 2016. And I didn't socially transition until I think about a year, no, about eight months after that. I, I went full-time uh, female and as my name and started filing paperwork for name change. But my medical transition started in um, June of 2016. June 1st, actually, which is interesting because that's also the start of Pride Month. And I didn't plan that, but it's nice to that it worked out <laughs> that way. <laughs> it's easy to remember the date now. It is, yeah. Um, so... So yeah, I think ideologically I started to shift in college a little bit, but for perspective of where I was at ideologically, I was still very much in the same way that I spent most of my college 
um, at war with my own view of myself um, because I didn't want to believe that I was trans and didn't want to believe that I wasn't straight. Um, I, I spent most of college questioning that it, starting once I accepted those things as true that I was trans and that I was not straight. Um, it became a lot easier to start questioning the other beliefs that I held. Um, and so for a perspective of where I was at politically, um, I have a very distinct memory of conversations in 2016 where I refused to vote because I didn't like either candidate and I, I didn't want to make a choice that I couldn't stand with, which is something that I regret in hindsight. Uh, I don't know how I didn't just say, yeah, fuck Trump. I'm signing fucking get me anything else. Um, but at the time I was so deeply distraught and disheveled and my life was in ruins that I didn't know how I could give a shit about anything else. And I had to figure it out in the first place. So I'm rambling a little bit, but to go back to your, your question, mm -hmm. the, the process of shifting my views was a long one and it, it required first understanding myself to know how I felt about things. And while I was much more, much less of a shitbag by the time I graduated college than when I started it. Um, I certainly wasn't all there yet. I didn't have all of the answers or, or well, I still don't have all the answers, but I didn't understand myself <laughs> as much as I, I do now. Um, and certainly it didn't understand myself as much as I did after I started transition there. It's hard to put in so perspective if you're not someone who's had to question their, their gender identity, right. how much of yourself goes out the window when you suddenly have to question something so fundamental about yourself. So I wanted to, before we go back to talking about uh, dickweed. Yes. Um, <laughs> dickweed McShipback. <laughs> um, he's an immigrant. Um, <laughs> so you said that you had two colors to paint with you had anger and you had mild light hap yeah. mild like contentment yes um did you could you feel empathy for people that were angry not really this no. is not really political just fascinating me no not i mean not really because and now this is probably also partially tied to a fundamental character flaw of myself that i still have to this day that i struggle with in mm -hmm. conversations which is I am a strong believer that when I know something, I know that all of the facts about something and therefore my position is correct. <laughs> um, and that has been something I've had to work on for, for many, many years, decades, mm. two decades, basically my whole goddamn life. Um, I have, well, you'd fit in on this show, so that's fine. <laughs> <Woo -hoo>! uh, <laughs> I, by default, I, I do personally on decisions I make, I do a lot of research. I enjoy research. I enjoy understanding things. And so I do a lot of just searching around for facts for myself. And that means that oftentimes I have this impression coming into conversations that I know more about anything than anyone else in the room, which I, I'm better at now, but my God, I was basically an egomaniac <laughs> uh, in college. I was not. And so it's hard to have empathy a when you're angry because you're pissed off and B it's hard to have empathy for other people who are angry. If you are coming from the fundamental position that you are correct. Like how do you empathize with someone who is angry about something? Say if they're angry at you, how do you empathize and understand their anger when you're looking at them? Like you're wrong for being angry. Like that's your fucking problem. Mm. Go, go fix it. 
Like that's, <laughs> it's impossible to emphasize. Personal responsibility. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's that sort of argument. It's like, well, I'm, I'm not responsible for you being angry. You're responsible for feeling angry. Like it's, it's that Oof. kind. Yeah. 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 That kind of fucked up shit. Like it's, it's hard to have empathy when that's your base position and when you don't have the emotions to understand how other people feel. When you can't understand anything other than mild mild happiness or anger and you also fundamentally believe you're always correct, how do you ever empathize with someone? And I ask that to pass me while I call him a dickweed because he was a dickweed. <laughs> and that's why. That's one of the reasons. So, so no, I, I, I don't think I ever empathized with someone who was feeling angry unless I was angry with them. Like if we were both angry mm. together at the same thing. Which probably was like a rare occurrence. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, I, d I mean, well, thinking about what, let, let's go back to, uh, um, dickweed origins <laughs> or the rise of dickweed <laughs> so when you when when he was i don't know like i'm thinking of like the the political or the um philosophical positions that you held um or that he should i say that you held or that he held in the in the past welcome Which to a question prefer? that i war with constantly uh, I, there's a long answer here. Uh, the, the, the sort of medium answer is I go back and forth. Um, I feel very strongly that past me is not me. And therefore I refer to him sometimes as he, that being said, for the purposes of this podcast and for potentially educating the audience, um, it's, it's typically bad form. Um, and, and let me also start with you and I have had this conversation before, which is why you, you like, you are allowed to call past me. He, because I've told you that sometimes I do that and I'm, I'm still grappling with that. Like we've discussed this. Um, but for potentially the people who are not as familiar with trans people or trans issues who might be listening at home, um, generally speaking, when someone transitions, the correct thing is to transition all of your pronouns for them at all times. Obviously ask the person, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you're doing now. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say for the purposes of, you know, being consistent with how I would want other trans people to be treated, let's call him, me, and him, she, you, she, you know, treat me Got as it. one person throughout all timelines. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so... I watch I watch a lot of science fiction. Come on. That was good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so with all that said, I I really want to know when you're looking back in the past, when did those shitbag dickweed <laughs> so funny. Uh <laughs> when did those when did those positions come about? Like how did how did they come about um in your life and start affecting like your your relationships your past relationships and your uh, uh and your political positions like before you started questioning them like mm -hmm. what was the, was there like a specific point where you um started thinking in a, in a in a certain way or was it like gradual from a certain age like where did where do you think those 
those asshole beliefs came from and what were those asshole beliefs yeah i mean it was basically from birth and it's largely because i was raised in a conservative christian household but not just a conservative christian household a conservative christian household in a family of very conservative christians well okay not like fundamentally very and not everyone in my family is is a conservative christian or or and when i say my family let's be real um my parents had were conservative christians who had a trans pansexual daughter that's me a bi daughter that's my sister and a gay brother and a gay son so damn yeah like bleeding so they heart, did something right <laughs> they did right bleeding heart republicans had three of the gayest goddamn kids you'll ever meet. Uh, (laughs) And in many ways, we've dragged them kind of out of their hardcore conservative views. Um, Probably kicking and screaming. Oh, very kicking and screaming. They still think Reagan is a great president. That's a conversation for a different day. And I want to be like, I also want to preface this. What I'm about to say is going to sound like my parents are horrible people. Let me be very clear. Mm. My parents are fan-fucking-tastic people. They have supported me. They've helped me achieve all of the dreams that I've wanted to pursue. They helped me go to college. They got me a car so I could go to college. They literally are the only reasons I was able to afford medically transitioning because they helped pay for my surgeries and my medicine and my therapy. They are rock stars as parents and they are open to changing their beliefs. They weren't always. Important. Important, yes. Yes. And so when I look at my past, what I see is not me. I see a, a person who wasn't willing to question their parents. Um. And that's why I say my beliefs basically started from birth, because I was raised to be Christian. I was raised to vote Republican. I was raised to believe that Reagan was the greatest goddamn president the United States has ever had, and we need to do everything we can to get back to that era. I was raised to believe that the Democratic Party are a bunch of socialists who want to steal all your money and rob you blind. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't... It's it's not that my it, it's not that I was so hardcore believing those things because I had facts or evidence or a reason. I believed those things because my parents believed those things. I believed those things because the people I looked up to and respected in my life, like my dad, who owns his own business, he's his own made man, he has a net worth in the millions because he's made his own life and he worked fucking hard for it like i see my parents and i i see them and i respect them and so i didn't think to question how they could possibly be wrong um i didn't think to question how my grandparents could possibly be wrong how my you know cousins or my uncles or my aunts like they're my entire family especially when you're raised christian it is very hard i think to and this is hardcore personal view here, but uh, but personally mm-hmm. speaking, it is really hard to break out of these sorts of beliefs when you are raised on the premise that there is this magical sky being who you just have to have faith in. When you can have faith in someone flying high above the sky, dictating the world and, and bringing 
into creation. When you can believe that, you can believe anything. And you can believe anything without questioning it. And now that's not to say that there aren't Christians who question things. I 100%. I've met Christians who question and understand science and logic, and they, they believe the things they believe for reasons, not because they've always believed them. But my family wasn't like that. Um, and you can see that really well in how my parents' views have changed as they've had to come face-to-face with the consequences of their beliefs. And I am in the same way. The only reason I questioned the beliefs that I held, which was like, you know, traditional Republican talking points, because again, I didn't have any of my own beliefs. None Mm -hmm. of my beliefs were mine. They were the beliefs of people I respected. Um, And so... If, if I look back at my beliefs, my belief that like being gay is a sin or that it's not something that comes from birth, it comes from nurture um, and, and like how you're raised and that you can change it. Those are things that I believe because I was raised in a Christian conservative household. I obviously no longer believe those to be true. God, I don't <laughs> hold any of those did. points. <laughs> but I used to. In fact, as yeah. as an evidence of, of this, and I think this was my peak shitbag moment, um, I once argued, now to be fair, I'm going to put an asterisk on this, the project I was assigned was, I think, assigned by a person who was giving a project with good intentions and bad faith, uh, where the project okay. was basically everyone in the class, it was a science class, everyone in the class got a scientific debate um, and had to argue one point or the other, and you didn't get to pick what point you were arguing. You were arguing, like, you were either the advocate for the one side or the devil's advocate, whether you believed it or not. And the assignment Uh we got was nature versus nurture about being gay. And so I, in front of an entire class, used fucking fourth grade biology punnet squares to try and say that being gay couldn't possibly be nature. It had to be nurture. And God, fuck, I think about that speech and every day I want to go punch me in the face. Did you, was that, was that like they gave the the um the assignment and you had to do it th- that day or did you go home I and went home and researched and, rewrite, this and rewrote you this researched and came it. up with this opinion and I believed I was right I believed wow. that being gay was not how you are born it is how you are raised and the choices that you make I believed that and I believed that again because people I respected, in this case, scholarly sources, which are not actually so scholarly, because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. made up. Anyway, wrong story. Long story. <laughs> Point is, I was terrible at Google. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, so that was like yeah. peak shitbag, huh? I, I think for I mean, me the- that was. I mean, I voted for Mitt Romney in 2012. Uh, oh goodness. Yeah, I I believed Obama was a crook and shouldn't have been president and. But I didn't believe, like, I didn't have facts. I didn't prove that. I just watched Fox News with my parents and believed what Fox Mm. News said. Um, I I didn't do my own research. I didn't, I didn't read from, uh, you know, a variety of sources. I didn't try and form um, opinions based on unbiased reporting or, or unbiased facts. I didn't take any of that into consideration. In many ways, it, it like I said, it took multiple things to change those opinions. So largely, I would summarize my beliefs and where they started as, you know, middle of the road conservative Christian who was 
largely homophobic um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of believed whatever family and friends believed that was that was me in the past so let me let me uh, let me ask you this apropos of nothing did, were you a birther just wonder as in like the the birth because i don't know if i know exactly what birthers stand for a birther it, um it, it was someone that thought that uh obama was was born in kenya like and asking for his birth certificate let me put it this way I distinctly remember having a conversation with somebody that the fact that his middle name was Hussein proved that he wasn't from America. Does that answer your question? My, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I told you. Just, it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's interesting just plumbing the depths <laughs> of Dickweed McShit, McShitbag. Yeah. Of the McShitbag clan um, from, uh, from the Shitbag Highlands. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yep. Just go keep going. Around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you've you've evolved a lot. Yes, I like to from, think so. Yeah, um, you definitely have, uh, or else you know we wouldn't be like having fun talking. Or we would not. Um, <laughs> there would there would be lots of yelling and uh, trying to figure out how to electrocute people I, over the internet. Yeah, I feel like if but, if I hadn't changed a lot, I feel like our conversation right now would be ending how Obi-Wan and Anakin's conversation ends, where I'm just screaming, I hate you, into a mic and logging off. <laughs> That's about how it would be ending. That's how my usual political discourse ended in the old days. And I'd cut off all your limbs? <laughs> well, and leave you to burn in agony. I deserve it. <laughs> I never understood that part. Good job, Obi-Wan. Just leave someone for you. <laughs> yeah, talk to you. Good job. I just, that's something I just, I think about that a lot. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the evolution that you had yeah. uh, from uh, peak shitbag to where you are now, it seems like, uh, and we can get into this as well, uh, it seems like it's just a complete 180. <laughs> like you were uh, a conservative, Christian, um, homophobic, uh racist clearly yeah <laughs> um and now you're like how would you describe yourself now i like would in, in say i ways? am a lgbtq plus advocate um with pretty democratic socialist views about how politics in the world should be run um mm-hmm. I, I mean like that's the buzzword summary of me um (laughs) would you say democrat like democratic socialist or or socialist if someone asked you i'd have to know the difference but i'm assuming socialist i think um i'm just asking like you like when you if you were confronted with that choice i have this understanding whether or not it's true that those are different terms that being said i typically call myself democratic socialist because i want it to be made very clear that i support the democrat party i vote democrat um and but i do that not because i believe in everything the democrats say but because it's better than voting for the alternative uh Mm. so i yeah I, i think that's a good summary i think if i were to a step away from buzzwords, I would say yes. I am a person who my core beliefs are I value two things above all else. I value facts and logic, first and foremost. Um, so 
strongly believe that every decision we make should be based on the facts and the science and the understanding of how the real world works before we go trying to make decisions about it. Um, and then mm -hmm. the other is that there is nothing more important than a human life and human happiness. If every decision that I prioritize is about prioritizing lives and happiness of people above all else. And obviously happiness is really hard to measure, right? But I use happiness right. to say quality of life, access to healthcare and 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 services that are required, access to the jobs and the careers and the things that people want to do about their life. I to me that is the number one priority. If I and I've said this in other chats, I think I've said this in chats that you believe that that you've been in, um if I could do anything to make just one person's life better that would make everything else that I've done worth it. That is what matters to me above all else. So that's my... Did you feel that way before? God, no. Why is that, you think? And it's interesting because if you asked me that question and you told me that belief six years ago, 10 years ago, oh God, six years is almost not far enough for me to be trained. Ah, I was questioning my identity six years. Sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> seven years ago. Whatever. Got it. Yeah. Some number of years ago that makes me an asshole. Uh, <laughs> if you would ask me that question of, of past me, um, I might have said the same thing, but I know I wouldn't have meant it the way I do now. Um, and again, it goes back to that empathy. I was saying things I didn't believe because I knew what was the right thing to say and what was the wrong thing to say. And I would say the right thing. And so on a surface level, if you ask me how important is a human life, past me would have said infinitely important, most important thing. But past me wouldn't have understood what you have to do to value a human life. He hmm. or, or I wouldn't have understood. See, there, there we go. I go back and forth. Oh, anyway, I wouldn't have understood that sometimes prioritizing a human life means paying more taxes. Sometimes prioritizing a human life means not becoming a millionaire or billionaire or whatever idiotic dreams past me had. Sometimes prioritizing human life means making your own life worse because it's better for everyone. And past me would never have understood that. Past me, it would never tell you that his beliefs really were just be happy, be rich, never have to work another day in your life and ignore the outside world to go play video games for the next hundred years, however long past me would have lived while being filthy rich if he got his way i would never have told you that i never would have said those words out loud but at my core i believed the only things that mattered were the things that made me happy um whether or not i would say it so the last thing i uh wanted to ask is when you're thinking about your evolution from past you to you um, can you think of a point when it, sometimes that sometimes people can can pick out a point where that like an aha point where you think, okay, here is where something turned, you know, like a light switch comes out, or you can't really look at one point because it was like a slow crawl to 
to a better place? Like, can you can you think of if it's one or the other, and if if it's the the former, like what that moment was or what that situation was? So, once again, I'm going to say a little column A, a little column B. Um, mm-hmm. There, are, the thing that you realize, or that I think a lot of trans people realize, is when you look back in hindsight on your life you see a long road of options not taken that would have led you where you are now. You see moments in time that things almost went the way you would have wanted them to go. A great example of this is when I was a sophomore in high school, I I strongly believe that is the most intense my gender dysphoria has ever been, even though I didn't transition for another eight years. And... When I was a sophomore in high school, I was attending my sister's wedding in a suit, and I had such an intense breakdown feeling of, I shouldn't be here as me. If I ever get married, I want to be the one in the dress. I want to be the bride, not the groom. I'd had moments, again, even in that moment as a sophomore in high school, I had had moments before then where I'd wanted to be a woman, where I'd wanted to be female, born female the whole time. I'd had moments long before that, and I can point to them, moments when I was like eight or 10 or like various different things that I wanted. There, I can point to a, a hundred different moments that almost ended differently. One of them is going back to that sophomore year in high school, I was so dysphoric and upset and unable to live with the idea of being male for the rest of my life that I broke down in the car with my dad and told him how I was feeling. And my dad doesn't remember this. um, And I want to reiterate that he is a very supportive parent and is fully on board with me being trans and has been wonderful and helped me pay for my transition. But at the time he said, what the fuck is wrong with you or something along that line. And I didn't question my gender identity for another four years Hmm. because of how that conversation went. Because I, again, I didn't have my own beliefs. I believed what the people respected. And now I believed that trans people were wrong and, and messed up because that's what my family believed, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that was the impression I got. And so when I look back, I see all of these almosts. I see all of these moments that almost were different. And I wonder if branching realities are a thing, because as a physics major, it is theoretically possible. If branching realities are a thing, I wonder if there are versions of me who transitioned much earlier, maybe as a child, uh, maybe as a teenager, maybe while in college. I don't know, because there's so many moments that could have gone slightly differently where I ended up as me now. And in that sense, my journey to who I am today, both in transition and ideologically, is a long road paved with a lot of small moments. It's paved with conversations with parents in the car. It's paved with realizing in college that I was fucking terrible at Googling shit and needed to get my act together. I was going to fail papers. Having to understand then how to research and having to understand how to form unbiased opinions to write those papers. and Because that was a huge factor in coming to the position I am now, realizing that multiple sources are better than a single source. I don't think 
I would. What? Yeah, right. Crazy, right? What? Like, no. Yeah. Like, like I said, in the past, I used to get all of my news from Fox News. And now I get my news from ABC News, NPR, and the NY Times. I, I try and, and I also, uh, Philip DeFranco, another one. I try and branch out and understand and, and read articles from places that I don't typically read them. I try to broaden my horizons to take in a, a, a wide variety of sources. And that is because I can point to multiple years in college where I had to do the same thing to complete assignments. Um, again, that's something small that had to change. It wasn't one big moment. It took time and it took many different moments of, of that coming together. And so in some ways... I I recognize that who I am today is a collection of everything that I have experienced up to this point. And it was a long, long road to get here to where I am. That being said, as soon as you asked my question of, is it, was it one big moment? There is one moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is not the moment that my ideas shifted. It is not the moment that my beliefs completely changed because again, it, it took work on both sides of this moment, but it's the moment where I understood something fundamental about myself, which is that I'm not always right. <laughs> again, well, I yeah, sometimes you're talking to me. Yeah. So I, <laughs> <laughs> that moment was the moment that I finally, it, it happened in therapy and it, gender identity therapy I, I was going for specifically thinking I might be trans. Now, the reason I went to go get trans therapy is a story that is not safe for work and I will not share. <laughs> okay. Not here. I've shared it on my own podcast though. But anyway, uh, the reason I went to go get therapy was as a result of a long string of events with my partner at the time, my ex-girlfriend. Eventually she was like, you might think you're a woman from the things you do. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then went to go get therapy. But there was a conversation, there was a day, and it was it was like any other day that I'd had in therapy where I went and we chatted and I talked about like, well, I don't know if I am trans or not. I don't know if I believe that this strongly. And for context, I had a lot of dumb reasons why I didn't think I was trans stuff like, oh yeah, I'm not trans because I like having sex with women. Like that affects my gender <laughs> identity. It doesn't. It turns out you can like women and be a woman fucking weird right what? <laughs> yeah it's manifestations of my dysphoria that happened in different ways stuff like the fact that i didn't want to transition if i couldn't get pregnant like that was i don't know why i believed that but i did whatever <laughs> that's an interesting there's one. there's a lot of deep dives there to go into yeah um that is <laughs> I, yeah i'm i i would that's a whole show all right so please get yeah so yeah. so getting to the point I, it was, like I said, it was a therapy session unlike any other, but something happened during that session where at the end I was just sitting there on the couch and just had this moment where I, I kind of like looked up with tears in my eyes at my therapist and said, oh, fuck, I'm trans, aren't I? And that moment was... I, I don't know what caused it. I don't know what made me finally say it to myself. I I don't know what caused me to, to finally say it's okay that you were wrong for 20 fucking years of your life about who you are. It's okay that you don't understand the world the way you thought you did. It's okay to be 
fucked up inside because everyone's a little fucked up inside. That moment, again, that's the moment that all of the things that I'd been doing for so many years, that all of the beliefs that were slowly shifting, that all of the approaches to, to viewing the world that were slowly shifting changed. And it's not because I had this epiphany that all of a sudden, oh God, I wasn't a racist, homophobic piece of shit anymore. It was, I knew I could be wrong. And then it took more years of hard work. It took years of therapy. It took years of research. It took years of understanding facts and science and logic and doing as much reading and understanding of a world I hadn't really seen before to have my opinions change to who they are now. So yes and no. Uh, there is one moment, but that moment wasn't the moment that changed my beliefs. It was the moment that allowed me to change my beliefs, to put it in a slightly different set of words. So really the, like what I'm getting is there there are series of moments in in your life that could have gone one way or the other, but they were, there were points in your life and then they kind of compounded into that time that you were on the couch and thinking yeah. about your uh, about your beliefs, and then the moments continued to uh, on through your evolution yeah. to the person you are now. And I think that's where the difference lies. Is I look at those past moments that I had, and what I see is someone who wasn't ready to admit it. Um, mm. I I see, for example, when I met. Not, I, I was going to say met my brother, but I've known my, my brother is only two years younger than me, so I've known him for literally as long as I can remember. But when he came out <laughs> as gay, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, no, I definitely don't hate gay people. I don't hate my brother. And yet I still did shit that fucking hurt gay people. Like my fucking Punnett Square argument that I made in goddamn college, like a fucking moron. Like I still did stupid <laughs> shit that hurt people because I wasn't ready to accept the need to change. I wasn't ready to make that, to, to use a pun, I wasn't ready to make that transition, right? Mm -hmm. I needed a moment where I was ready to say, yes, let's question that. And the moment that I started questioning my gender and the moment that I finally accepted that I wasn't cis and I wasn't straight was the moment that I finally said, well, if that's wrong, what the fuck else am I wrong about? Maybe fucking everything. Because I couldn't even get my goddamn gender right. Like, I couldn't even get who I'm attracted <laughs> to right. So how can I be right about anything else? And, yeah, like, like that's the moment. That's the moment that I could start. And, and now when I have those moments it's like later. like the door creeped open, but it, was, yeah. it wasn't, like, thrown open. Exactly. There was, like, a crack that some light could, could get It's through. like those doors on hotels where there's this chain right? That, that you, you lock it with right. the chain and you pull it open and the door comes open, but it doesn't come open more than a crack. Um, but it's kind of open. And you let a little light in same thing here, right? Like every moment mm. before that was pushing against that chain and that chain eventually snapped. And when it did, the door was open and I could question all these other things. And nowadays I still struggle sometimes with believing that I'm always right but I also can identify that as a character flaw that I'm working on. And I can identify that I need to be open to other people's opinions and I need to consider other facts. I can do those sorts of questioning that helps me form founded opinions. It, it took 
questioning my gender identity uh, and accepting it to change any of my other opinions. Well, thanks for explaining all of that. That was really interesting. Um, really, I think we can we can all agree that the 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 path to the path to where we are now is it can be fraught and what we what we believe in the past can can always change to to something that we believe in now like no one's really just set in stone forever yeah you know i think like if if i could teach people who were like me anything it's that it's it's okay to be wrong in question and that that ultimately is what I think leads to a richer life experience. When you're willing to admit that you're wrong and you're willing to accept alternative point of views, whether they change your mind or not, like it's okay if, if you, I might not agree with conservative politics. Um, and let's be very clear when I say conservative politics, I mean like small government tradition, like, you know, voting for small taxes, limited oversight, that sort of thing. Like I don't agree mm-hmm. that that's the right way to do things, but if you're if you're willing to listen and hear out my position and you're willing to understand and take those facts and points of view, even if you don't change your mind, you've had an open mind, you've had an honest discussion, you've had an honest opinion, and you've come out the other side with a stronger understanding of why you believe what you believe. And that to me is, I wish I could have gone back and taught past me that lesson, that it's okay to question everything, question things, understand things, come out of them with a better understanding. Well, Athena, thank you so much for being on. I shouldn't have to say this. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and and letting me uh, talk for so long. I just wanted to take a moment in the show just to thank all of our patrons, uh, everybody that uh, has contributed through coffee, that's ko-fi.com slash saythiscast, and our patrons on patreon.com slash saythiscast. Uh, we really appreciate you and all of your support. If you enjoy the show and you would like to become one of our supporters, obviously you can go to coffee, ko-fi.com slash saythiscast, patreon.com slash saythiscast. There, there are a few different levels. $1 will get you access to Nicole's notes for all of our episodes, so you can see her thought process. At $5, you'll be able to get the episode at least 24 hours early. At $10, that is the big one, you'll get access to our special Patreon-only podcast feed and we put up special episodes all the time up on that on that feed so if you'd like to get access to that we've had we've had some so far about different video games that we like uh we are uploading one soon uh, about the controversy with the developer of five nights at freddy's then go to patreon.com slash say this cast and contribute at the ten dollar level So thank you so much for everybody's support. And if you aren't able to contribute through Patreon or through Coffee, that is completely okay. We don't want anybody to contribute more than uh, is okay for them. So the best thing you can do is to listen to the show, share the show around to all of your friends, and go to our YouTube and uh, give us a like and subscribe on there. It really helps the show. 
well, that was a really interesting conversation. And uh, but as as you all know, as our longtime listeners know, and I shouldn't have to say this, we always end with something that's making us happy. So, Athena, what? has been making you happy lately so lately a thing that's been making me happy is elder scrolls online actually and i've played this game a lot uh i checked and my main character i think i've played for a thousand hours just my main um but christ yeah (laughs) yeah crazy i get obsessed with games or something looks at a thousand hours settle down all right (laughs) (laughs) um but i i've played I started playing this game. I've played Elder Scrolls Online since it launched. Um, Literally, Mm. I was in the beta uh, six years ago. Um, But recently, I've sort of refound my love of it. Um, And I've I've had a sort of on and off relationship with Elder Scrolls Online. I've had an on and off relationship with a lot of live service online games. Um, But recently, you know, I've gotten back into it. I've gotten a lot of good friends in there. I run my own guild. I am in a variety of other guilds that I participate and run stuff with. Literally, like today, we just did a trial, which is a, a raid. Uh, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know what Elder Scrolls Online is, it's an MMO. It's cool. Based on the Elder Scrolls franchise, 10 out of 10, would recommend. And yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been really fun to, to dive back into. It's a fun world to get lost in. You can One of the things I love about it is that everything in the game is a viable option to help you progress so if you love questing you can go explore all these different zones and do all these different quests if you love decorating a house you can go buy a house and go nuts with decorating it um if you really love pvp there's this whole section for for battlegrounds and open world pvp and all that fun stuff um if you're into pve there's dungeons and raids and or trials um and um, a bunch of like solo endgame content that you can you can build towards, and pretty much everything in the game rewards you for playing it. There's a reason to do everything, and so I've been getting back into that recently with a lot of friends who I've reconnected with, and it's been uh, really cool to revisit that world and those characters that I love very dearly. That's great. Uh, for me, um. Actually, it kind of involves you. Our friend Naima, uh, who is also in our Destiny 2 guild, she got a new puppy. So cute. It's, you ever see something so cute that it makes you mad? Yes. Like, oh, it's so cute. Why? Right? Yes. This is the puppy. She's a little wolf. She's a little wolf. And it's so, so, so cute. And, uh, I can't have a dog, so Naima has uh, granted me godparent privileges, so I just get pictures. That's amazing. <laughs> One of them is my desktop. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy about it. So cute. Ah, so cute. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening to why I shouldn't have to say this. We have we put out episodes every two weeks, and you can listen to the past ones on saythiscast.com. Z. Sorry. <laughs> Athena. <laughs> I knew there'd be one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> ah no. Um is there anything that you'd like to promote or uh, if you if you are online anywhere, you can tell the people about it? Um, sure. So there's nothing active that I'm doing at the moment. Um, but in the past, I've made two different podcasts. Um, if you want to check them out, love to 
have people see them. Um, so they're both organized under a podcast network that I started for my own shows called the Story Thus Far Network. You can find us at www.storythusfar.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at, at Story Thus Far, or you can find me on Twitter at, at Athena Thus Far. Um, and both of the shows that I've made are ones called Transistor Radio. I hinted at it earlier, but I spent two years with my partner talking about uh, trans issues and understanding them, and that those stories that I shared earlier are discussed there as well. And a podcast called Still Inspired By, which is talking about all of the things that still inspire us. So things like, for me, Horizon Zero Dawn, Kingdom Hearts, uh, Maximum Ride. That was a fun one. Um, so those were two <laughs> shows that we did um, that they're not active. They're not publishing new shows, but we do have a back catalog that if you want to go check out, um, we would. I would love that. And you can always ask me questions on Twitter. Why not? I'm there. So storythusfar.com? Yep, storythusfar.com. Is your partner in the background? She is in the background. She's next to me. She's playing ESO. (laughs) She says hi. She waves. Yes. (laughs) Got it. All right. (laughs) Uh, You can find me online at uh, Press Start Lock, and I do a video game music show called Press Start to Continue. Go to starttocontinue.com. You can find uh, Nicole at Jack of Three Trades, three is in the number, uh, on uh, Twitter. All the music on this show is by Mustin, M U S T I N. If you go to store.mustinenterprises.com, you can download all of his amazing music. He's a great uh, DJ, uh, video game remixer. Uh, all that stuff. So uh, store.mustinenterprises.com. And I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more and to listen to all of the Planetside po- Podcast shows, you can go to planetsidepodcasts.com. Okay, thanks. <laughs> No, no, that that's to you. That's to me. See, oh God. You. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was done. That was it. That's the, the that's the that's the end. The plan side. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We did a thing. Woohoo.